Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you, too. Okay, so talk about the uh, a scary fight here now over the federal carbon tax here. So this all started with Trudeau last week. It says he would remove the carbon tax for three years on home heating oil. Obviously aimed at Atlantic Canada, right? That's yeah. where people use oil to heat their homes. Less He's two, worried. Less than 2% here. Yeah, so yeah. The, the, the red wall, as they call it, the liberal red wall in Atlantic Canada is crumbling. Yeah. Uh, they used to pick up almost every seat uh, taken for granted for years there. But recent polling shows the um, conservatives or the, and the liberals are neck and neck, or the conservatives have a slight lead there. Also, in Nova Scotia, the progressive conservative provincially took a by-election win from the Liberals, a seat they'd held for 20 years on the issue that the Conservative candidate ran on one issue, get rid of the carbon tax. And this is brand new to Atlantic Canada. I mean, we've had a carbon tax since 2008, and they freak out just at the very beginning, just introducing this thing. So Trudeau hit the panic button big time. And I think it's like a house of cards falling apart because now you've got other, you got Scott Moe in Saskatchewan, the premier who went to court over the federal carbon tax. You're going to have Danielle Smith, all of them screaming that, well, what about us? What and about he, us? Doug Ford, too, in Ontario. Yeah. David Eby yesterday said, what, you know, BC's not, this is not fair. This is uh, sort of an insult to BC, not even a, a heads up yeah. uh, to the province that had the first carbon tax that has the the most furthest reaching climate change policies that is probably of the envy of the Trudeau government doesn't even get a heads up yeah. that this is coming. And then Atlantic Canada gets favored. So now you got yesterday in the question period, you got uh, BC United, BC Conservatives trying to outperform each other. Who is against the carbon tax first? <laughs> uh, the conserv- BC Conservatives, John Rostow, wants to get rid of the carbon tax entirely oh. right across the board. Today, just after 11, Kevin Falcon on the BC United is holding a news conference, and they're going to sort of broaden, the. I think, their their opposition to the carbon tax. Yesterday, he says he wants it gone from home heating yes. to match what's going on in Atlantic Canada, but I think they're going to go further than that uh, today. I'm not sure exactly how far, but I think the carbon tax, out of nowhere— or maybe not out of nowhere. Is, well, you've we, been saying for for weeks now, yeah. this could blow up. This is going to blow up. And yeah. It's blowing up. And it's yeah. uh, you've now got the Conservative Party of BC uh, scrap the tax. Yeah. Pierre Poliev scrapped the tax. It's a different tax in BC than federally because it, ours has been around a long time. It's also much more ingrained in our provincial budget. It's almost a $3 billion Ooh. line item. Yeah. Uh, so getting rid of it is a lot harder than you think. But we'll see what Falcon has to say just after 11 today. Okay, let's listen to some audio on this. Now, this is yesterday. Pierre, you'll hear Pierre Polyev here, the federal conservative leader, mocking Trudeau here on this, this carbon tax movie that Trudeau has made. And then listen to Trudeau's response. Let's listen. Justin Trudeau is in total panic mode. We are doubling down on our fight against climate change and keeping true to the principles that we are supporting Canadians while we fight climate change. Supporting some Canadians. He's supporting oh. Canadians in Atlantic yeah. Canada. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think on, that, on those two clips, I think Poliev is closer to the mark. Than yeah. Is. Yeah. yeah, there is definitely seems to be a sense of panic in the federal, camp, uh, federal Liberal Party right now. Okay, let's bring it home here to B.C. So this is yesterday in the B.C. legislature. You'll hear the leader of the opposition here, Kevin Falcon, B.C. United going after Premier David Eby on carbon tax on natural gas. That's what people use to heat their homes here. Uh, Have a listen. There shouldn't be a tax grab on something as straightforward as trying to keep your home warm in British Columbia. And so my question to the Premier, 
Why won't the Premier level the playing field and exempt all home heating in British Columbia from the carbon tax? I appreciate uh, the member opposite now opposes the carbon tax. Um, that's uh, his position to flip and flop over. Okay. <laughs> There's flipping and flopping going on all over no, the place. The NDP also flipped and flopped over yeah. the carbon tax. When it was first brought in by Gordon Campbell, it was opposed by the NDP. Yes. Uh, it was regarded as a, a regressive tax. Uh, it doesn't, it's not based on your income. Now, there's a lot of rebate schemes that have sprung up over the years associated with the tax. So it's, it's become much more complicated than it was back in 2008. But I think you're going to see the carbon tax be potentially a bit of a wedge issue between the parties. And we'll see if the NDP moves on this, too. I wouldn't be surprised if, if the carbon tax is frozen, for example. Yeah. Uh, doesn't go up on April 1st. Uh, you know, given that the NDP historically opposed the carbon tax, yeah. they've been in power seven years. They've been increasing it every year. Maybe now's the time they're not going to do that. We'll see. There's all kinds of flipping and flopping going on here yeah. because Kevin Falcon was part of the Gordon Campbell government, wasn't yeah. he, that brought in the carbon tax? Exactly. In the first so place. was John Rustad. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, – but I, again, I go back to a piece I wrote several weeks ago. The same politicians are flip-flopping or yeah. losing their nerve when it comes to a number of climate change policies that involve the wallet. Yes. And you see uh, Prime Minister Sunak in the United Kingdom has relaxed a bunch of policies there because polls were showing that, that there was a backlash because of the, the, the personal cost it was going to cost people of paying different levies and taxes associated with fighting climate change. Now you're seeing Trudeau doing exactly the yeah. same thing. You're seeing other politicians across Canada probably starting to join in that course. And now we'll see what happens in B.C. Okay. now speaking of carbon tax flip flops, now let's go into the way back machine here. Now, remember, it was the liberals, previous liberal government brought in the carbon tax. The NDP at that time opposed the carbon tax. Now the roles are reversed. Let's go back. John Horgan here. Okay, the former NDP premier. Here he is attacking the carbon tax. Have a listen to this. When the carbon tax kicks in, what, three years from now, it'll be seven cents a liter. What do you think, Honorable Speaker, the cost of uh, home heating fuel is going to be at that time? How are people in northern parts of British Columbia, people in, uh, on the wild west coast where the winds blow and the, uh, and the uh, temperatures drop, what's the cost going to be to those people? That was then. That was, that was then. <laughs> and, you know, when the carbon tax first came in, it was like a shiny new toy. It didn't have a lot of impact on people. It was and it was seen like, yeah, we're going to fight the good fight here. We're going to take on climate change. Gordon Campbell sort of got religion on on, he did. on stuff yeah. like this. And the NDP opposed it in the 2009 election and lost. I mean, they lost for a number of reasons, but that was an issue that separated from the voters. <laughs> but over time, I think the carbon tax has become a little seen differently. So Research Co. had a poll a week and a half ago, Mario Canseco. Basically, the, popular, the, the public's almost 50-50 on this thing now in terms of support and opposition. I think it was 42-43. So support has gone down. Support has gone down. Okay. But what I found more interesting in his findings was that less than a third of the population thinks it's accomplishing what it was supposed to accomplish, yeah. which is change behavior to drive down uh, greenhouse gas emissions okay. and we emissions have gone down like one percent uh, nowhere near what the target was and you can argue is the carbon tax having the impact it's supposed to have when it was first created and there's a lot of people who are coming to the conclusion that it's not another topic here let's listen to premier david eby this announcement yesterday that holocaust education will be added to the bc school curriculum here he is we are going to work with the community to ensure that the content and the approach reflects 
the lived experience of this community, uh, including, in particular, Holocaust survivors, so that we incorporate those voices. We know uh, that Holocaust survivors um, are a precious resource. Very interesting timing here with the the events in Israel oh, right now. Yeah, and <clears throat> you can't <clears throat> you cannot separate the two. So this is uh, EB noted yesterday. There's been a significant rise in anti-Semitism, uh, yeah. not just in BC, right across uh, many jurisdictions in the world. There's been threats of violence against Jewish people. So now the current uh, education policy is the Holocaust is an a recommended option for teachers to teach um, the, the the Holocaust uh, history as part of the social studies grade 10 curriculum. Just an option. Now, starting in 2025, it's going to be a mandatory requirement okay. as part of the social studies grade 10 course that is required for graduation. So that's going to become mandatory after extensive consultation with the Jewish community and Holocaust survivors and their descendants. Um, the curriculum will actually be established by them. Okay, very interesting announcement on that yesterday. Okay, real quickly, as you mentioned, it's Halloween. We both work in the B.C. legislature where people say it is a haunted building. Do you believe it's a haunted building? It's a freaky place at night. You and I have both been here late at night, and one of the the stories some of the staff like to tell, that the piano up in the Nedvec Lounge above the library can be heard twinkling at 3 o'clock in the morning, and that some of the furniture gets moved around. (laughs) Uh, there is a picture. There's a couple pictures. We, the class photos, as we call them, every time there's an election, everyone gets together. All the MLAs and some of the staff get their picture taken in the chamber. There's one 1964. A mysterious woman is up in the gallery, away from everyone else, where no one's allowed to sit, looking down on the legislatures. Ooh. And then in 1957, there's a head that's sticking out over and above the legislatures, looking down on them which looks a little freaky. Then there's the legend of D.W. Higgins. Do you know who that is? The, the speaker. F- yes. The legend was his picture, all the speaker's pictures or portraits are in the speaker's corridor, and his picture was taken after he died. That, that's what they say. They, yeah. they say that, that's been disproved. This goes way back. It's over 100 years ago. And there, is a, there is a great tour at night oh, that Nicholas, one of the tour guides here, puts on. Very theatrical, which includes, it's about the, the legend, the ghost of Francis Rattenberry. Rattenberry, yeah. Who's the, the architect. architect. Who was yeah. murdered by his, his lover's lover. Yes. The chauffeur clubbed him over the head. Uh, it is when he was Designed there. the Empress Hotel as well. Yeah, and the Vancouver Art Gallery. It was the original yeah. courthouse and a lot of the courthouses. But the legend is he came back to the legislature after he was untimely murdered and now haunts the halls. of the. And I tell you, anybody who's been in this building at 2 o'clock in the morning, it's a freaky place. Okay, I've got phone lines open right now. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Dev in Vancouver. Hi, Dev. Go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. You are both very intelligent individuals, and I really enjoy your commentary. I'm going to ask you something. We could shut... BC makes no difference in, in, in this climate change dilemma. We could shut Canada down tomorrow. It wouldn't make one speck of difference. This NDP government is addicted to revenue. You're, you're talking about Kevin Falcon. As I recall, this, this was capped at so much, uh, $30 per ton, and it was supposed to be revenue neutral. And I'm going to say, since 2008, I've been paying that carbon tax. Well, I call that insurance. Did that insurance help me with the forest fires, with the floods? This government is misspending the money. All I see is clean energy BC commercials, on primetime TV spots, that's what I see. And okay, gentlemen, thank you. 
Yeah, oh, so thank when, you, Dev. When, when the tax first came in, it was revenue neutral. It was tied. What to does a, that mean? Can you explain? It was that? tied to a tax reduction. Yeah. Um, it means every time the carbon tax went up, another tax was legally required yeah. to go down. And then that right. sort of died on the vine, yeah. as was predicted that that wasn't going to be sustained because yeah. all. And Colin makes a good point. It makes a good point. Governments do become addicted to revenue. Yeah. There's no question. Yeah. That's why you don't see a lot of taxes going down over time. Yeah. Uh, they're either remain at static levels or they go up. So, uh, in the last, it was in the final years of Christie Gar- uh, Clark's government, it, st- it stopped being revenue revenue neutral, and it's been never been revenue neutral under the NDP. So now it's almost next year's projected to be a three billion dollar income. It's a lot, which again makes it hard for any government to break itself from something like that. Yeah. So it's going to be harder than people think because unless you, you know, say, okay, not even a pretense of balancing the budget, just take a $3 billion hit. And we'll see what Kevin Falcon wants to lay out at 11.15 today. I'm not sure they're going to get scrap the thing 100%, but they do want to reduce it in a, in a number of areas. And we'll see how far he wants to go. But I think the carbon tax is now at play. It's, it's now on the political stage right across yeah. the country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how Alberta and Saskatchewan went to court to fight this thing. Yeah. And you've now got uh, a fight brewing on it in B.C. Yeah, and the caller made a point about, and I've heard this argument before, that Doesn't matter we're, what we do. we're not going to solve the, the climate change China crisis. China and India dwarf anything. Well, yeah, because Canada emits 1.5% of the, of the world's greenhouse gas emissions, and B.C. is responsible for less than 10% of that. Yeah. So you start doing the math, it's like 0.012% of greenhouse gas emissions come from B.C. Yeah. So, I mean, you could crank it. You could crank it to the max, and it still wouldn't make a difference. But then the, ar- the, the counter-argument to that is, well, if everybody said that, if everybody felt that way around the world, nothing would get... Yeah, get and that's true. why you've got these conferences, these international conferences, and they set these international targets, and no one ever meets them. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel in Victoria. Hi, Daniel. Go ahead. Good morning. Um, yeah, I'm a longtime New Democrat, and I called you guys before saying how disappointed I was when the NDP went away from its sort of uh, cap-and-trade model for dealing with climate change and went to this thing that the liberals brought in. I've always thought it was a regressive tax and a really bad idea. And I think those of us that are critics of it, and there's a lot of us, like Bill Tillman, for example, he, he agrees with me that this is not a good tax. It's not getting the job done. And I think if people could be shown, like, okay, no, you know what, Here, look how climate change has been affected positively by this tax. Uh, I think people might have a bit different point of view, but that doesn't seem to be the case. I think what they need to do, all parties, not just the NDP, but have a bit of a pivot on this and have a look at ways that we can uh, get a little more carrot and a little less stick and get, get yeah. uh, money into people's pockets so that they can properly trans- transition. Uh, climate change is real. Burying our yeah. heads in the sand about it is not, not good, but this, this right. just isn't working. So let's not do the Einsteinian thing of, you know, the, the, the insanity, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Thank you for the yeah. call. So the key word to use there is pivot. Are yeah. we going to see parties pivot on the issue of carbon tax, either getting away from it and not maybe, maybe getting rid of it entirely, but perhaps freezing it or reducing it or look for other measures? Or curb- bring in bigger, bigger um, rebates on, on heat pumps. Yeah. Something like that, which yeah. you know, which Trudeau's announced as well. And again, yeah. BC saying, "Well, what about us? Yeah. You know, why why just Atlanta, Canada?" So there are other measures to fight climate change, and BC's, you know, we're we're ahead of the curve versus other provinces. But carbon tax is now part of the the conversation.